Hi, I'm Patricia Grabarek. And I'm Katina Sawyer, and welcome to the Worker Being Podcast. So what are we going to be talking about today, Patricia? Today we're going to be talking about callings. So, you know, doing what you're passionate about and finding your calling. Um, But before I want to dive into that, I kind of just want to see how your day's going. Yeah, absolutely. Well, today we're going to be talking about callings, and my day has been going pretty well. I've been doing a bunch of stuff that I really like, meeting with students that I'm mentoring, um, and working on research projects that I'm really excited about. Um, and it's also the best day ever, and this is going to sound like a paid ad, but it's not, but also it's the best day ever because World of Dance is on tonight, and it's my favorite show, and I feel like it was my secret calling to be, like, a competitive dancer, so whenever I watch it, it, like, fulfills all my life's dreams. So. <laughs> I, I don't even know what World of Dance what? is, so don't hate me. Oh my god, no. It's really the best show ever. It's, like, Jennifer Lopez's dance show, like, if you want to talk about callings today, these people are living their best lives on the stage. It's the best. It's a very good dance really? competition show. It's not like, so you think you can dance or something like that. No. Or even Dancing with the Stars. No. These are the best people in the whole world that dance. So I feel it is my calling to watch them and it is their calling to do dance. <laughs> <laughs> so when you say the best people in the world, like it's actually people from all yes. around the world. And they're dancing? all the best. Like oh. they've all been vetted as being like the top dancers in the world and they're competing for the title of best dancer in the world oh okay i can get on board you with totally that should. i i see what you mean why it's not like so you think you can dance i was that's what i was assuming it was like but no it sounds a little no, bit different it's awesome the people are amazing so anyway i had a good day because i did some things that i feel that i am called to do like mentoring and writing and stuff like that and then i'm gonna get to watch world of dance which i feel is my calling to watch so i'm pretty happy about <laughs> that how about you what was your day like i'm glad my day was good. I um, I went to visit a client today, and it was a really positive meeting, and they're just so nice. So it's always really fun when I have a meeting with a client that is nice and receptive and excited about what we're doing. Um, so I really enjoyed that. And yeah, speaking of callings, I definitely feel like I'm living mine in a lot of ways, you know, with my, my job working in um, selection and assessments. I really love that. And then obviously what we're doing right now. I mean, Yay. this is a passion project recording this podcast. So I really do feel like I'm loving my calling today too, Yay. but I don't have any shows that I'm super excited about tonight. So <laughs> I guess that's lacking. Well, obviously you just need to get super excited about World of Dance because it's going to be on for you I too. Yes. I guess I might need to put that on today and take a peek and see what it's all about. You should. You can report back. And then we'll get obsessed, and then that's all we'll talk about yeah. in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll lose everybody that's interested in workplace wellness. <laughs> well, maybe there's some overlap between audiences of workplace wellness and World of Dance, and we'll maintain a lot of people because it is the best. <laughs> um, it's possible, I guess. It's true. Um, so, well, we lived our callings a little bit today. So maybe we should start off by telling people, like, what is a calling and what are we going to be talking about today and what are some of the exciting findings that you're going to unpack for us? Yeah. So let's start with just kind of giving you the name of the article, who wrote it. Um, So it was written by Gazika Inspector in 2015, and it's called A Comparison of Individuals with Unanswered Callings to Those with No Calling at All, and that was published in the Journal of Vocational Behavior. So this study really talks about callings and, and whether you've answered them or not, or, you know, me having met them or not, um, and then people that don't have callings at all. So I'll start with defining what a calling is, 
just so that we're really clear about what that means um, in this research and just kind of overall. I think people have heard that term before, um, but, you know, just to be clear, I want to lay it all out there. So they define calling as an occupation or a job that an individual feels drawn to pursue. Um, so they're really feeling that, that, um, that desire to do this job. They expect it to be enjoyable and meaningful. So they really expect that when they do this work, they're going to have a good time with it and they're going to find some meaning within it. And they also see it as a part of their own identity. So a calling is something that you really want to do. You feel like it's going to be fun and you're going to find meaning in it and that it's part of who you are. So, you know, you always hear kind of about doctors when it comes to callings. You know, people feel really drawn to help others um, when they're sick or when they have some sort of emergency. And so these people that feel calling for doc for being a doctor, they think they really are going to enjoy doing the medicine, right? They feel like they want to go help somebody. So that's their meaning. And they really see that as who they are. They want to be called doctor. Or they really identify as a doctor. So that would be considered a calling and that's an answered calling. So that person that is a doctor when they feel like they want to be a doctor, they've answered their calling, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, an unanswered calling is one where you're not experiencing that calling today. So, for example, if I was in finance and I was working as an accountant somewhere, but I felt like I had a calling to help others in the medical profession and I really realized, oh my gosh, I would really love to do that, but I don't have the opportunity to do that, then that calling is unanswered. So it's basically like you feel like you should be doing something, but you're not able to do it for whatever reason. So in terms of the findings, they were looking at um, a number of different things when they were looking at the study. The, the key takeaways here is they were looking at people that had answered callings and unanswered callings, and then people that didn't have a calling at all. So there's a portion of people that just don't feel like they have a calling to, to the workplace, right? They don't have a specific job or a specific thing that they really feel drawn to do. And so those are people without a calling. They also found a group of people that have dual callings. So that's something we can dive into later. Um, but these people have both answered and unanswered callings. So maybe I, um, I mean, I'm a perfect example, right? I'm doing consulting, working around selection and hiring processes. And I really enjoy that. Um, but obviously I really am passionate about workplace wellness too. So before I started this whole worker being thing with you, Katina, um, I was doing one piece of the puzzle, one one calling, but I wasn't doing the other one. So that one would have been unanswered. So that would be my dual callings where I was doing one, but not the other. Um, but this study really focused on the answered, unanswered, and no calling people because dual was just complex, more complex. And honestly, they don't, um, there's not a lot of research in this area yet. As I mentioned, this was published in 2015. So they were really focusing on kind of answering some really basic questions around callings first before diving into that that more complex situation where somebody has multiple callings. So in terms of what they actually found, they were looking to see um, whether having a calling impacts things like your engagement on the job, how committed you are to your career, um, whether you have any psychological distress, like things like anxiety, depression, um, any physical symptoms like like pain, um, or, you know, physical stress symptoms. They were looking at things like life satisfaction, job satisfaction, and then whether or not you wanted to quit your job. 
So when they're looking at all of these different variables, there's a lot of different variables. And really, when you think about it, all these things kind of tie into wellness, right? So it's, you know, how happy you are at your work, how excited you are about doing your work, how happy you are there, um, how happy you are, you, are, you are with your life, and whether or not you feel things like anxiety and depression and stress, um, which obviously are tied to what, whether or not you feel happy in your life. So with the findings, they found that having an answer calling is actually better than having an unanswered calling and having no calling at all. So if you're doing what you want, what you think you should be doing, what you're drawn to do, you're really going to be doing the best. You're going to have the highest well-being. But one thing that was really interesting is that if you're looking at ranking these groups, the no calling group is the second rated group, right? So if you have no calling, you also aren't experiencing a lot of stress. You're also relatively happy in your job and your life. Um, it's really that unanswered calling group that experiences the most stress um, and feelings of dissatisfaction in both their job and their life. So that's really interesting. It's so kind of a high level. Yeah, summary. no, I think that's super interesting because, you know, you can almost think of it like a decision tree. Um, like the first question is, do you feel you have a calling or not? And if your answer is no, I don't feel like I have a calling and I'm perfectly fine with that. Like I've thought through it. I don't really feel like I'm compelled to have a calling in that way, then you sort of would just say no, and you'd sort of be in the middle of the group. You're not experiencing anything particularly positive um, related to what you would if you had a calling and you were like fulfilling it, um, but you're not experiencing anything negative either. And then if you say yes, that you have mm -hmm. a calling, then the next part would be, okay, well, do you feel you're answering it or not? Um, and maybe some people would say yes, and they would have the highest outcomes. Some people would say no, not at all, and they would probably have the lowest outcomes. And then some people might say somewhat like some of my callings maybe others not and they're not really sure what happens with that group um but it's kind of interesting to think of it as mm -hmm. almost like for people listening to think of like what's their decision tree look like like do you have a calling or not and if you do do you feel like you're actually responding to that calling with what you're doing on a regular basis exactly i think that's exactly right you know um you you want to make sure that if you have a calling if you feel like you have a calling then you want to figure out how to meet that, right? You want to be able to do something in the, in your work that is meaningful. Um, and that really answers that, that desire that you have to do whatever the work may be. Um, so it's really important to figure out if you have that calling, if you don't have that calling, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, you can just go do your job. And if you're happy with, with where you are in terms of your career, like fine, it doesn't matter if you have a calling or not. Um, it, what really matters is just answering a calling if you do have one. Yeah. I think it's probably important for people to think through as well. Like maybe there are some people that are thinking, well, I don't know if I have a calling. And I think that it's probably important to really put some time and energy into figuring out whether or not you have a calling that's unanswered. And maybe you just haven't thought about that yet, or you're not sure about that yet. Um, because you know, just mm -hmm. in working, I'm sure you've seen this too, and working with different organizations, but in coaching people, you know, sometimes you get people and they're like, you know, my job is fine. I, I like what I'm doing. I feel like I'm a decent fit for it. But for some reason, I'm just like not feeling like it's perfect for me. And sometimes what they'll say is like, well, the days when I'm really having a, a great day are days when I get to do developmental opportunities with my team or days when I get to meet with people and talk about their goals. And, um, and so you might say, okay, well, maybe there's something there about you feel like your calling is mentoring other people or be or managing people or whatever the case may be. And maybe there are a lot of different ways you could play that out, but sort of really thinking through like, is it true that I don't have one just because I haven't figured it out yet? 
Or do I know what I like and I dislike, but I don't really feel compelled to view any of those things as a calling. And, you know, it's good for me that I like my job or I'm happy in my job, but I don't feel like I'm really fulfilling that like vocational call um, through my job. And like, that's perfectly cool with me. So I think it's also good to think about like, is it just that you haven't found it yet? And maybe you need to do some more work to understand what your calling is and maybe answering it then would be helpful to you as opposed to, you know, you just feel like you're a person that doesn't feel a strong calling one way or the other towards any particular type of profession. Mm -hmm. I completely agree with that. I think it is important to figure out which kind of person you are. So there's another study that I had read previously that actually looked at the types of um, job, they were calling it like job orientation that people have um, or work orientation, I think is what it was actually called. And there are three different types of people. So there's people that have job orientation. So really they just see their job as like a means to an end. They see it as a paycheck. They need to they need to get the money to support their families and to live the life they want to live and um, or need to live, you know, some, depending on the situation. So that's really kind of like that, that really baseline approach to your work. Then there's a second group of people and they have what's called a career orientation. And so that group, they're really the ones that um, they're there because they love the kind of the reputation around what they're doing, right? So I'm a doctor because I want to be called doctor and I want to be seen as like an expert in something. Um, and I really want to, you know, become a director of some fancy hospital because I really care about that status. So there are some people that really, their career is all about that. And that's what their focus is. And they're oriented towards the status of their job. And then there's this third group of people that they have that calling orientation, right? So these are the people that really care about doing something that's meaningful and impactful and matters to them and is tied to who they are. So again, that comes back to that answered calling group or unanswered calling group. The people that have a calling are really that calling orientation population. Everybody else kind of falls into the other two categories. So you can think about it that way too. Is it, you know, maybe you're not in a place where you have the luxury of even thinking about a calling, right? You just have to get a paycheck and bring it home. And unfortunately, that's the case for a lot of people. So spending a lot of time thinking about whether you or not you have a calling is probably not going to be helpful for you because you don't, you're going to add stress to your life with the things that you want to do if you can't potentially get out of the situation that you're currently in. But then if you're in the career orientation and you're really seeing your the status as being important, I think that group is really the group that can spend some time thinking about whether or not they think they have a calling and whether or not that's something they want to pursue. Because yes, obviously status is great and having you know, a good reputation around what you're doing um, can be really meaningful for some people, but maybe there's more. And if you think that there's any chance that there's more, you probably want to explore that a bit further. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think, you know, it doesn't mean that people who are focused on other types of things that they get from their job aren't going to be happy in their job as well. Like you can be happy with the fact that like what mm -hmm. I'm looking for is status and I'm getting status from this job. So that makes me happy, but it's just a different way to derive happiness. So like talking specifically about callings, like that person might not say they have a calling towards medicine, but they're still getting something out of the position because it's a high status job. But like, I think that there are, I think it's interesting to think about the way that status might interact with your job because um, I think that there's also the opposite 
end of things where people might not have a high status job and they might not be focused on status, but they might still find their calling in it. Like there might be people who can think about the job that they're doing or do think about the job that they're doing in a different way, even if it's not a high status job, because they see something important about it or noble about it or um, it fulfills a particular need uh, that they have to like give back to others. So I, I was reading um, this study a while ago and I use it in, in my classes as well um, about, so we were just talking about doctors. So it was about hospital janitors. And so looking at this study of hospital janitors, it's like, you know, people would think that's one of the more like bodily gross jobs that you could have. Like a lot of what you're dealing <laughs> with as a hospital janitor is you know, bedpans, cleaning up after people who are sick, um, you know, disposing of medical waste, like stuff that's just not super pleasant. And, um, and what this study found was that some of the janitors thought of their job exactly that way. Like, this is a demeaning job. This job is gross. Like, um, I'm just here to get a paycheck and go home. And then there was this other group of janitors that saw their job as similar to what the doctors and nurses saw their job as, which was like, my job is to make patients more comfortable. And they viewed the purpose of their job differently. And they viewed um, the way they approach their work differently because they made that connection between their calling and their work. Um, and so they were able to say like, well, I'm not just a hospital janitor. I'm one of the people that helps make these patients feel better about um, themselves, about their day. And so they were doing these really interesting things when they started to interview these people. Like um, they were moving around like pictures that patients would look at. So you think if you're in a hospital, you stare at the same wall all day long. So they were taking the pictures in different people's rooms and like moving them around to different rooms so that people could just like look at something new each day. Um, so they were really thinking mm -hmm. about their job is how do I make patients more comfortable? So it was interesting because um, they were looking at, you know, how do people find this, that particular study was calling it purpose, but it's similar to a calling to feel like you're fulfilling some larger thing that you want to fulfill in your job. So I think it's interesting to think about how status might interact with that because I think society makes it easier for people to see jobs that have more status as being like worthy of a calling. But then there are folks who can see mm -hmm. jobs who society might not think of that way as being part of their calling if they reframe the way they look at it. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I think that there's a lot of jobs that people pursue because of a calling that are not high status. Like honestly, a teacher, yeah. right? If you're teaching, that's a job that is incredibly important, but we don't value it as much as we should in this society, right? At least in the yeah. US, I don't think we do. Um, so I think that's a job where a lot of people that go into it, though, feel like they have the calling to like raise the next generation and to impart that knowledge. So obviously not everybody, but I think that there's a good segment of that population that really believes that. So I think that you're right. Status doesn't necessarily mean that it's a high calling job or a job where people are meeting callings necessarily, right? It could be any role. Um, and I actually have an example from client work that goes back to what you're saying with the janitors. So I have a lot of property management clients, you know, so these are like apartment complexes and things like that. And those clients always have some maintenance, um, staff. So they have maintenance supervisors, maintenance technicians. So these are the people that'll come into your apartment and help you fix that light bulb issue or, um, you know, you've got a toilet problem or something happened with your faucets leaking or whatever. So these are the people that are coming into the apartments and the homes of other people and they're um, fixing things for them. And then they're also maintaining the ground. So making sure everything looks good, clean, etc. 
Um, and there's a group of people that I've spoken to when we, a lot of times we're talking to high performers in the job to kind of figure out what makes them unique. And so we're talking to a group of high performers and they all talk about the way that they work as, you know, serving again, a higher purpose. Like they're impacting people's lives and their homes. And they talk about how, you know, someone's satisfaction with their life really is tied to how happy they are at home. And they really believe that if they don't get the job done or if someone has to, you know, wait too long or, um, you know, maybe they have to come back several times to fix the same problem, that they're really impacting that person's well-being and their overall, like, happiness. And so they see that their work is just so important because they really should be um, the people that are driving that that home feeling for these individuals that are living in these apartment complexes. They want to make sure that people feel comfortable, feel like they're at home, and feel like they've got a safe, clean, happy environment to, to spend their time. So I thought it was very similar to the janitor example because, again, it's not the most glamorous job. It's not a job that um, has a lot of status in our society either. But again, it is very important when it comes to somebody's satisfaction in their life, of course. Like if you had a leaky faucet for months, like that's not going to do well for your bills, right? You're going to be paying a lot in water and you're going to have to deal with that mess and mold and all sorts of other issues. Like it is really important to have your, your home functioning effectively. Yeah. I think that's really interesting too, because, um, so my dad is a contractor, um, and by trade, he's a stonemason. And so it's been interesting our whole lives because people assume that because he is in a trade that he wouldn't have the same calling towards their profession that they do as like a lawyer or a doctor or, um, you know, an executive or something of that nature that um, my dad has run into a lot of people that will just sort of talk to him like, oh, well, you know, like you must just be happy like when your job's done for the day and, you know, um, sort of assume that he must just see it as a job. But he always has taken so much pride in the work that he does because he's built these really beautiful things that still exist. Like, really pretty churches downtown that he's completely like rehabilitated that are historic or like um you know people's homes like he built our home at home and um so like his calling is to build something and like build things that last like he likes the idea of like I can drive around and see things that I made that families are enjoying etc and certainly there are other people in his field that don't feel that way so it varies like you're saying according to who the person is whether they see what they're doing as their calling or not Um, But it is interesting how people have certain assumptions about like who would find a calling in what. And we've definitely seen that over time where, you know, some people just think they're building a wall. And my dad thinks of it as like, I'm building something that this family is going to enjoy forever. And he thinks about like, what's going to happen in that house or what's, you know, what are the memories that are going to be made in that backyard courtyard that he built or whatever. So it is interesting to look at how people like frame the same job differently, whether or not they're able to connect it to a larger Mm -hmm. calling that they might have. That's actually leads into a really interesting point that I wanted to bring up today is around how you can um, potentially work within the confines of your current job to help you meet your calling if you're not currently, you know, so obviously with your dad, that's, not quite a relevant example, like he probably has a full calling for that work. But let's say you are in finance, like I was saying before, and you feel, oh my gosh, I missed my calling. I really, now I know that I wish I was a doctor. Um, You can do some things to help you um, reframe your work 
the way it is today so that you can potentially feel like you're answering that calling to some degree in your current job because maybe it's not realistic for you to go back to medical school or you know start your career again or whatever that might look like um, so you can spend some time thinking about okay well what can I do in my job today to answer that calling cool. so a couple of things that I'll bring up are there's the actual reframing so looking at your job today and um, thinking about like what are you doing to maybe help others I mean you're calling us to help others so as an accountant how are you helping other people and really focusing on that component of your job and just basically spinning what you're doing to fit what your calling is um, but the other things you could do are things like uh you know, focusing on different tasks that might be more related to your calling, um, finding additional projects and things to work on. Um, so there's, you know, other things you could do in your job to help you um, kind of expand the definition of your job so that you're meeting your calling more. Yeah. So that's kind of really interesting because I guess that's a really helpful thing for people to know if you're sitting and thinking, well, I have a calling. I don't know if I'm answering it or I don't feel like I may be answering it, but I can't. I don't have any other options but to keep doing the job that I'm doing, um, which is true for a lot of people, as you mentioned before. Like, people can't just go, you know, abandon their career and take a giant risk, especially if it's going to involve a huge investment in additional funds uh, for schooling or whatever the case may be. So, um, it's really good to know that if you're in that position, you may just take some time and think about your current job role or a job role that would be more attainable for you um, and say, how am I currently getting that? that aspect of my calling fulfilled through what I'm already doing or how can I expand some of the things in my job that would let me do those things more just like that example that I brought up before about uh people that I've coached where um we talk about you know if they're feeling not engaged in their job well what are when are days when you go home and you feel really energized about about your day what are some of the things that you do during that course of that day that can help us to understand what it is that they need to expand on in their job role to make them more excited about it again so whether that's like things that involve developing others developing themselves um, whether that's things that involve them getting like exposure visibility like making strategic decisions like all of those things are things that people have reported you know that make them feel engaged with their work um, so how can you get more of that then? Um, and with, with, you know, if it has to be a conversation with a supervisor, coworkers, whatever, but, you know, thinking about how do you reframe your current job or try to take pieces of your current job and make them bigger. Um, that is really good. I think for people to know that it's not like the, the end is not here. If you feel like you can't leave your <laughs> job to fulfill your calling. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it is really important. Um, like I always like to give an example around IT. So let's just pretend you're, um, in marketing, but you're really, really interested in technology and you're like, Oh, I wish I had, you know, become a developer or whatever. You really like technology. I mean, you're in marketing, right? So there's definitely areas that kind of intersect with technology. So you could in that role, um, think about how you can bring in the aspects of technology that you're interested in, into your job. So, you know, maybe you can help with designing the new website because obviously your eye is important as somebody that has a background in marketing and maybe you could partner on projects with the, the IT team to, to work on the website or, you know, partner with other groups within your organization to get the experience and exposure to the types of technical things that you wanted to do. So there might be other projects where you can just jump in and help out that might not even be related to what you're doing, which could be 
a way to, you know, obviously start answering your calling, but also maybe even start retraining yourself in certain ways. Like that's not possible in every situation, right? If you're in finance and you want to be a doctor, you're not going to just like randomly start, um, <laughs> going to, to the hospital and be like, Hey, I'm here. You may get arrested. I want to help. <laughs> that's probably not going to work. I'm here to do surgery. But I think <laughs> it is my calling. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I never want to look like look at you and maybe think, ooh, maybe we should send you up to the psych yeah. board um, because you have no degree. I don't know why you think you can do this. Go home, ma'am. Go home. Um, yeah. But before we get more yes. concerned, leave. Um, but, so, yes, that's not always possible. But I think there's a lot of types of jobs where you might have some flexibility to get involved in other departments if you're in a big company that are doing the things that you might be more interested in or feel more called to do. Um, but with that, there's also really important to think about your life outside of work. Um, you know, I mentioned myself as an example in terms of callings. I have a great job that I really love, but I really wanted to do something in addition to that, right? I really wanted to do something that ha- that spoke to me about workplace wellness. And that's where Katina came oh, into play. Um, and we got this whole thing going. And this is obviously not related to my full-time job. I'm doing this extra outside of work. Um, so you can think about that too. Maybe if you're in finance and you really want to be a doctor, well, you can't be a doctor, but maybe I can train to be an EMT and I can work on the weekends doing that. Um, so there's a lot of ways to think about how you can incorporate your calling um, when you're not doing it. Yeah, currently. and I always talk about that with volunteer work with people too because, you know, I think that there are a lot of aspects of life that – so like when you were talking about dual calling people and I think you feel the same way, like that's an area that I would love to see more research on because I feel like that's the area that I fall into is like I think from the outside sometimes people can be like, oh, wow, like – your interests are very scattered. Like, you know, you're, you like teaching and research, but then you're also doing like a blog and a podcast, but then like, I'm on like boards for volunteer stuff and whatever. So it seems like, Oh, like, what are you? But really like, to me, it makes sense because I feel like there are just these like broad things that I'm interested in doing, um, that they hit different aspects of those things that I feel called to do. But I think that volunteer work is a place that people don't often think of as well. I just had lunch with somebody today this really awesome, like, so funny because, like, she seemed so, like, she seemed so young to me. She, like, just graduated college in 2015, and I was like, oh. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, oh, I was baby. like, let me come to grandmother. And we're not old, everybody yeah, listening. <laughs> I was like, come to grandma. I'll tell you about life. But, <laughs> but she was asking me a bunch of questions about different career-related things, and she's just trying to get a sense of what she might want to do in the long term and how to, like, frame her career to go towards her goals. And I was thinking about, you know, and we were talking about how volunteer work can help you to get some of those things. Like she's really passionate about certain volunteer, like, or nonprofit related issues. And, uh, but she's also interested in HR. So I was like, okay, well, could you volunteer in to help with HR in one of those organizations so that you're training yourself on something and you're getting exposure to something that you care about at the same time? And it's outside of her current job role, but it's helping her to feel like she's working towards something that will help her get to her calling, even though she's not getting paid for it right now. So I think that it's also good because there are lots of organizations that need a lot of help and there may be skills that you can offer them that might not be the same skills you're using on the job. And you may have other connections to those organizations like you care about what they do or you care about their mission. So you can try to like, you know, hit multiple pieces of your calling with one sort of volunteer opportunity. 
Yeah, that's a that's really good advice. I think that's really important to think about um, your calling a little bit more broadly. You know, people can get really stuck on the idea that they're not doing what they think they're called to do. And then that's what's causing the stress, right? The frustration, the stress, the, you know, dissatisfaction with your life. That's all due to the fact that you're thinking about yeah. it that way. Um, if you're able to reframe your mindset so that you're seeing all these other opportunities that can help you meet your calling and you're doing them and you're participating in activities that you think are meaningful and you start thinking about it that way and you start thinking that you're answering your calling just not in a traditional way, um, that those those negative components, those negative things that they found in the study will really start to go away because you're not feeling frustrated. You're actually doing something that you love. So I think it's really important just to look at your life really broadly and look at your opportunities really broadly because it might not be the obvious thing. You might not be able to go back to medical school, but there could be a lot of other things you can do to help you meet some of those needs, volunteering at the hospital, EMT, you know, so many different things you could do. So I think it's really important to spend some time to figure that out. If you know you have another calling and you're not meeting it now, what can you do to fix it? And if you don't know what your calling is, you know, as you're thinking about that and the things that you're really passionate about, you know, really spend some time focusing on what you're happy with, like Tina's been saying, in your life and in your workday today, that can help lead you to your calling. And then you can start continuing to push in those areas where you're feeling excited yeah. and happy. And if you find out that you don't have a calling, then that's cool too. And you're going to be okay. And if you find out that you have multiple callings, then you're weird like we are. And there's not enough research for us to understand you right now. <laughs> but maybe, <laughs> maybe you can check back with us later on. But I feel like if you're, if your calling is calling, um, if your calling is calling, I'm picturing like, I'm picturing <laughs> someone like looking at their cell phone and it just says like, you're calling and you're just like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> I actually had a different image in my head of like a old school rotary phone calling another rotary phone, like a phone holding a phone to its ear, <laughs> which is like absurd. <laughs> meta description of what a calling and a calling would be <laughs> and then that phone was calling a tinier phone like i don't know <laughs> just it keeps going ends. down and down i was line. picturing like oh. some kind of like suspenseful movie where someone's phone's ringing and they're like oh just let me get that and then they look at it and it just says like you're calling and they're like oh, it's my calling <laughs> Should I answer? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> the day has come. <laughs> the screen goes black. You don't know what she does. <laughs> but yes, if you feel like, sometimes it's just that like you don't feel like you have a calling because you haven't put enough time and energy into thinking about it. Or like you might have like stuffed it down somewhere and like pushed it off. So sometimes it's good to think about like how can you get your calling? How can you reconnect with a calling? And what can you do to try to play that out? Like my, my mom is a, was a stay at home mom the whole time that we were growing up and she loved being a stay at home mom. But like, she always constantly talked about wanting to be a children's book writer. She like loves watching little kids. She loves like reading books are like so important to her. She used to take us to Barnes and Noble all the time. And so when, you know, we left the house and she was trying to figure out what she wanted to do, um, she decided that she wanted to be a librarian at like a, 
like a library at a local school near us, the same grade school that we went to. And uh, so she goes in there and she she's not a children's author, but she picks all the books that the kids read in the library. She redid the whole library. She made it super cute in there. She does all these activities with the little kids. They love her. Um, the eighth graders last year dedicated the whole, their whole eighth grade yearbook to her. Like she's and so she's just like really Aww. like she loves her job. She loves what she does. And it was just like having to like re like introduce that into her life when she was thinking about what do I want to do well is she going to be a children's book author right now who knows maybe in the future she'll have the opportunity to do that but like that's a further down the line dream but like what could she do to fulfill that calling now and that's what came up for her and it's worked out really well so even if you're somebody who hasn't had a career for a while or hasn't been engaged in the workforce for a while or you've been in a job that you don't feel is your calling and you feel like you've kind of lost it sometimes it can be good to think about like what are those threads and see how you might be able to introduce some of those back into your life or find a position that helps to fulfill those, even if it's, like, later in life. That's a great example. Go Yeah, Diane. go Diane Sawyer. Not the Diane Sawyer, but a Diane Sawyer. <laughs> <laughs> I always think about that with your mom. I'm like, oh, man, I'm sure she gets that all the time. <laughs> yeah, she does. She does. One time she went to, like, a checkout counter, and um, the guy was like, uh like she gave her credit card and he was like diane sawyer and she was like yeah and he was like i know how you feel i'm michael jackson (laughs) and she was like oh my god and they had this like bonding moment over the fact that he was michael jackson and she was diane sawyer so yeah that's really funny That's so funny. My uh, my friend from elementary school, her brother's name is oh, John no. Mayer. And in California, too. Um, yeah. Yeah. And he, like, he's probably approximately his oh, age. Wow. So, like, growing up, it wasn't an issue. And then all of a sudden, it's like he's in college and John Mayer gets really popular. <laughs> and it's like, oh, well, that's great. <laughs> he's getting ready for Taylor I'm not Swift alone to in the world. slap him in the face any minute. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, his love life is, life is not as dramatic as well, that's that. That's good. But um, yeah, I thought that's yeah, funny. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So, <laughs> anyways, yes. one of those people. I do think your mom's story is really cool. Yeah, though. yeah. the The library thing worked out really well for her, and she's so happy. And like, and it's not a high status job, like you were saying before. Um, but it really hits all the points for her that make her really happy. So, um, so I think that's awesome. So, what would you say if I'm an employee? And which I am an employee. What would you say if I'm me and I'm trying to figure out what to do with this information? So what would you suggest employees do with this information? Well, I think some of what we've talked about is really important. So if you have a calling that you know of, start figuring out how can you, um, and it's unanswered, of course, if it's answered, keep doing what you're doing. Awesome. Good for you. If it's unanswered, then you want to start thinking about how you can, answer that calling because you want to make sure that you're feeling really satisfied in your life and you don't want to have that that stress component right you don't want that the the stress and the anxiety that comes with not answering your calling so I think you need to think about how can you reframe your current job you know what are you doing today that meets some of those needs and like start thinking about that your job a little bit differently and then start looking at different tasks and projects you could volunteer for talk to your supervisor, your manager. Um, you know, if you express to them that you're really interested and 
a certain area in the in the company or a certain type of work, they can help direct you in that direction if um, if you have a good manager that is. You know, hopefully they can guide you where you need to go and think of you when projects come up that are related to what you're interested in um, and potentially even help develop you and career path you to the roles that you're more interested in if they exist in your organization. And then also think about what you can do on the volunteer side. Um, so maybe your job is really, really different from your uh your dream, your passion, your calling, then think about what you can do to volunteer. Of course, ideally, you would be able to switch careers. So if that's something that's available to you, if you're really early in your career and you aren't in a place where you're supporting a lot of other people and you need that steady income, you should go for it. Like create a plan. How can you switch to the the career that you're really interested in? What are the skills that you need to be shoring up on to get over to where you need to be? You can keep your job and then just start working towards that next that next step that's really more in line with your calling. So I think there's a lot of things and it kind of depends on where you are in your life and your career and what your calling actually is and how different it is from what you're doing today. Um, but it's really just about thinking about your calling very broadly and figuring out how you can fit that into your current life as it is and what you can do to get yourself to feel like your, your calling is being yeah, answered. Yeah, so if you find out that you have a calling or you have a calling you should answer the phone when it calls. (laughs) Uh, It wasn't that like a song. Answer the phone. Wasn't that like a... I know it's your home. It was like Sugar Ray. That's how old we are. It was Sugar Ray. Yes. (laughs) It was Sugar Ray. I was like, who is this? I know all of the words are coming back to me so fast. And you know what I just remembered when I sang that? That that was at one point my like... Like, me and my friends made it all of our uh, voice messages. When you called our phone, it was like, like, answer the phone. And it was like, oh, wait, I'm not home. So throw me a bone and I'll call you back. (laughs) Those were the words we sang. How terrible. Oh, no. Oh, no, Katina. I revealed too much. That is terrible. Uh, (laughs) I thought you were going to say, like, um, you know when you had the phones and you could have a, instead of your phone ringing? It would be yes. a song. I thought you were going to say that you had that no, as that, your song. That for those better. youngins out there. <laughs> yeah. But for those youngins out there, it used to be a thing where if someone called you, you could pick what they heard. And that was like the most annoying feature <laughs> ever. Because people always picked like the most annoying songs. And I was like, oh, I don't want to listen to Sublime I again. Know. And like, I like Sublime, but I can't handle it as a ringtone. Like, or as a, yeah, whatever. We it's changed so my mom's <laughs> to Snoop Dogg and she never knew because it was like other people call. <laughs> And then finally someone was like, what is that song that happens when I call you? It sounds like a rapper. And my mom was like, a rapper is answering when people are calling me? And she was all confused. (laughs) We had to explain it to her. But it was on there for like weeks before she realized it and someone said something to her. So we felt pretty accomplished. But anyway, yes. That's hilarious. So answer the phone. Love Mark McGrath from Sugar Ray when you're calling calls. Um, but you may just have to answer more creatively than you thought. Like maybe not in the job that you're in, but you may have to go outside your job um, if you can't uh, switch your career. Um, what would you say managers should do to help support employees in their calling? So kind of everything I was talking about for on the employee side, when an employee approaches a manager, a manager should be able to deal with that, right? If your employees come to you and saying they're really interested in something that might not be in your department, that's okay. As a good manager, your job is to help develop that person and make your team as strong as it can be in the moment, but then that person might leave and that's fine. Like they need to be doing what they're doing. You want employees that are happy, that are um, satisfied, that are engaged in their work. And if you find out that one of your employees is, you know, maybe feeling less engaged, they have something else they're interested in, that person's not going to 
you keeping them and forcing them to stay is not going to work out long term. So really, the idea then would be, how can you keep them in the company and think broadly about how you can develop that person, coach that person, put them on projects that are within their interests and get them to where they want to be. So I think that's really important. But I also think as a manager, maybe you don't have employees coming to you and saying this, right? That's possible. They're not asking you um, for career advice and A, you should probably think about how to change that because they should be coming to you for that. But also you might want to think about observing your employees, right? You're obviously watching them in terms of performance. You want to, you're getting to know what their work is like and how they, how they function in the team. When you're doing that, see what makes them most excited. You know, you can see if they're really passionate about speaking and they they kind of come to life when they're doing some public speaking. And then maybe that there's something in there around their calling. Like you can actually help form someone's calling at a manager level if you're really good at understanding your employees and talking to them about where their strengths are and understanding who they are and what what makes them happy and excited. So I think that it's twofold, right? You want to be open when they come to you, but it would be nice if you can even bring that up in a developmental conversation. Say, hey, Katina, I noticed that you seem to really be excited when you talk to, you know, when you train um, other people on this product. Like, do you think that's something you might be interested in? Like, how can you talk more about that and, and dig into that with them and, you know, get them thinking about it a bit more. And maybe you can find a really great job or opportunity for them even on your team to to pursue some of the things that they seem to be the most excited yeah, about. So asking questions, um, listening when people come to you and actually taking seriously what they're telling you, um, and also listening when they answer your questions. Um, and I think, you know, just not being afraid that if you ask people about their calling and whether or not they're getting what they're called to do in the current job, that being able to get the honest answer about that and help people to brainstorm ways around that will help you in the long term. Um, even if you get an answer that you don't like, no, I'm not really fulfilling my calling. Well, that's good information for you to have. How can we fix that? As opposed to being like, well, I'm just not going to ask the question. Or when people come to me, I'm not going to really pay attention to what they're saying or listen to what they're saying because um, I don't know how to fix that. There are ways to fix that. There are ways to help them reframe their job, add things to their job, give them other opportunities, make suggestions about how to get that taken care of outside of the workplace as a last resort, etc. Um, but that, you know, asking the questions and listening from a managerial perspective and really connecting with people and helping them fulfill that calling is, is crucial. I completely second that. Agree. Yay. Yay. We should make all of our managers really feel passionate about that. Cause I think that is really, really, really important. And it's so key in making a really positive team culture and work environment for your team. If you are actually somebody they can go to and, and see as a coach and a mentor and a guide, which is what you should be as yeah, a manager. Absolutely. So I think we've gotten a lot of good stuff about a calling um, and how to answer your calling as an employee, how to help others find their calling as a manager or find your own calling as a manager. Important to think about that too. Um, so thanks so much for reading this article. I think it was awesome. I hope everybody gets a little bit closer to fulfilling their calling or figuring out whether or not they have a calling as a result. Um, and I appreciate you taking the time to give us all this good info. Of course. Can't wait to see what you have for us next week. Absolutely. But with that, um, if anybody has any feedback, questions, suggestions, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to even just hear what your calling is and what you're doing to meet it. Um, If you have a really interesting story, please send it along. We'd love to hear it. We'd love to hear from our our listeners. Um, So there's a couple ways you can contact us. You can find us on our website, which is workerbeing.com. It's W-O-R-K-R. B-E-E-I-N-G. You can also email us at workerbeing at gmail.com. 
And you can find us on social media. Um, our handle is WorkerBeing on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. So thanks all for listening. The Worker Being Podcast is hosted by us, Patricia Grabarek and Katina Sawyer, and produced by Allie Johnson.